0: You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome to Their Story Matters. And we do believe that people's stories do matter because we learn from them. And we learn the hows, the whats, the twos. And it helps us in understanding our own story and what we need to do to embrace our own life and our story today is about the universal love we cannot live without it love really does make the world go round it really makes things happen and my guest today is the love foundation Harold Becker he started this foundation quite some years ago because he really saw there was a need to keep love alive It's very, very easy to get cynical into today's world. It's very, very easy to hate. It's very, very easy to lash out. But that is not what's going to solve any problems. It's not what's going to cure anything. And it certainly does not promote possibilities. In other words, it actually kills them completely. So let's keep love alive, because truly and utterly it is the solution to what really makes things happen in this world. And the Love Foundation simply and beautifully does this. The Love Foundation is a non-profit organization with the mission of inspiring people to love unconditionally. Their vision is to assist people by building a practical foundation and an understanding of unconditional love within individuals and society as a whole. They established it in 2000 and they have become an international leading resource for sharing and the awareness of unconditional love. So let's bring on the founder, and the creator of this Love Foundation, Harold. Hello, dear. How are you?
1: Hello, Sarah. Wonderful to be with you and your audience. Thank you.
0: Well, I mean, the Love Foundation, it's, um, you know, people always think it's kind of cheesy, don't they, when they talk about love, you know, they kind of almost get apologetic. But we also know that our very soul, heart, spirit, mind, very being needs love. Otherwise, we're always chasing our tails.
1: Absolutely, and in fact, you know, the majority of humanity has spent millennia seeking for love outside themselves in relationships, activities, uh, careers, cultures, and yet completely missing the point that love already resides within us, which is something that I became familiar with early on in my awakening pathway and realized that that was the most important aspect of everything that I had come to understand, and hence why I choose to share it through Uh, The Love Foundation, for example.
0: Exactly. You came from a financial background, didn't you?
1: Financial background, I I worked full-time during the day and went to school full-time at night all the way up through my master's degree. And I think that is kind of the beginning uh, roots, in a way of my understanding because I could clearly in the business world see the difference between the practical application and everyday work environment and then the theories that were presented in schools and I started to know the disparities and the differences. And then particularly in my own persona, uh, you know, I found that I was not able to reconcile this, this difference that I had where I, rec- I literally felt compassion for all the employees, for example, on all levels. And since I was often in middle management, I would find that, you know, the chasm between upper management and frontline employees to be so wide and so unnecessary, and I think I was always looking to build bridges, and, and as a result of not being able to always build these bridges, I decided to embark on a different pathway and kind of left all of it in 1990 to figure out what was the common common unique denominator in all of us. Uh, and I'd like I said, that was really the precursor of the evolution of the question, and then the pursuit of that question became the eventual manifestations of all the work that I've done for over 25 years. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, often we start off on certain paths and then we realize they're the wrong ones. But then what we've learnt from those paths is truly the um, the seeding and the grounding from where we're going, isn't it? Had you not been doing all that finance stuff and, and um, studying and seeing the way the companies are, you really would not probably and maybe not have noticed the need to find that love within ourselves and, and for each other.
1: Absolutely, and, and, and there were multiple layers and of course hindsight it's always easier to see the pathway once we've taken the steps. But you know, in the in the process I didn't necessarily uh, understand all the pieces, but even though, you know, there was a, a decade between nineteen ninety and two thousand before we launched the Love Foundation, the work that I'd done in the business world and I did actually volunteer for large uh nonprofits at the time, there was those pieces that by the time we launched the love foundation in 2000 i realized that I, I was going to approach it very differently than the experiences that i'd had because i had the contrast and i realized what didn't seem to work for me both in the business world and in the volunteering world became the opportunity for m- me to part what i would like to see happen uh, and it also gave me the confidence i will say that you know when we launched the nonprofit in 2000, for example, that was an easy thing to do because I already had a strong business background. So the, the skill sets are always there and always available. It's really what we choose to do with them. And of course, in my case, I realized you know, the transition that I made just in general was that the lacking piece was love. And that by making a foundation of love in my own personal life, I could infuse love into everything I do and still do, and it really does transform all the experiences. So individuals' experiences can continue on on the pathways they're on. It's the recognition of the love that's within us and the imparting of love, radiating of love, sharing of love, both with ourselves and others, that starts to really transform the experiences that we're actually in.
0: I wish people wouldn't compartmentalize love. You know, love is, is only to do with a relationship or of your children. Um, you know, if we start bringing love into our work, into our daily activities, into the people that are around us, into, you know, exuding love out to other people, we truly understand that that vibration um, really resonates and expands exponentially, doesn't it? I mean, people kind of like to pigeonhole what love is.
1: I think that's actually why I, I embarked on creating a specific. Um, even though you cannot define love, I chose to give a, a kind of a establish a, a definition for love that made more sense. It was a much more universal understanding. Of course, I also add the word unconditional because I do think that changes the vibrational dynamics. And part of how I came to that was recognizing, you know, because, for example. As I said, would the humanity seeking for love on the outside? Well, one only needs to listen to the radio station for ten minutes in any culture, in any country, anywhere on this planet, and one quickly realizes that you know everybody's seeking love in the outside and they're usually looking for a physiological love, a relationship love, an externalized love, and really uh, uh, you know more often than not, it's heartbroken love and all the difficulties and all the traumas and dramas and it made me really consider uh, the word love and actually focus on it and begin to kind of define it for myself and find it the way it's being defined in humanity. And I I did realize that it had become a very strong cast-off word. It had become a simple word. You know, I love my career. I love my house. I love, you know, of course, I love my family. And yet there was no meaning behind it. There was no depth. And that really kind of became the driving point for me to delve even deeper, because there seemed to be something about love that was so universal that was being missed completely or being cast off, again, probably, you know, for this externalization, and yet the the depth of what people were seeking in life was this deeper understanding of love. And that kind of drew me to, although I did not have a a religious affiliation background, I did choose to take kind of a personal guided summary course into all the religions, and One book in particular that I remember had all the the best of the best summaries of all the religions, how they started, the master teachers, the the teachings, and then what became the religion. And when I was done going through the five, six, eight major religions and some of their offshoots, I put the book down and I thought, well, every master teacher that any religion has ever been built on had only one singular message, it was love. Mm -hmm. And the religion that was born out of that was really much more of the human disconnect to love. So putting all these pieces together and adding the word unconditional, because I noticed that when I put unconditional in front of the word love, it did take on a grander meaning. And very simply stated, I, I placed the word love from all my research, from all my attempts to define it, from all my recognizing of how humanity was defining love. It really ultimately was a way of being. Mm -hmm. And then I added the word unconditional in front, which is really to be unlimited, to be without condition. And so I came up with the definition that I put in my first book is unconditional love is an unlimited way of being. Mm -hmm. And that really has a bigger meaning, of course, and there are a few uh, extra points that kind of help make that make sense. Like the now moment is the only moment we have to make a choice, for example. This particular moment where we're physically, emotionally, mentally, and, and shall we say, etherically or spiritually animated this is the moment where we can make true choice so the now moment plays into this and then to recognize that whatever we have within is what we give out and whatever we get out is what we get back it's really the circle of life so the definition of unconditional love is an unlimited way of being is really to recognize in this particular moment we have all the love within us and we can share this love without any restrictions or restraints and we can and Absolutely need to start with ourselves, because I think that's probably been the the greatest missing component is the recognition of love for self. And when we pull all those pieces together and start living in each moment with pure potential and pure love, things do steadily and absolutely begin to go in a in a more expanded direction. yeah, a, or directionless direction, but it does begin to expand every. Every aspect, it permeates every aspect because we're letting it permeate every aspect.
0: Love begets love. I mean, you know, the old saying, "Love uh, looking for love in all the wrong places, um, you know... When we constantly look for external love, you know, somebody to validate us, somebody to complete us, uh, somebody to define us, we're, going, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure because that love really has to come from the inside. How can you expect somebody else to love you if you're not yet loving yourself? It is very, very important that we find that love within ourselves because that's what we exude out. That is our invitation for somebody else. To uh, you know, to see that love signature and, and to embrace it and to honor it, because if you truly love somebody, you honor that love in respect. Um, and you know, the, I find that we are a nation that is constantly chasing love everywhere else, and just don't seem to have the tools or the knowledge to be able to go in and love ourselves from the inside out.
1: There's obviously not a, a dialogue, and I think that's one of the reasons why I chose. Again, I, I, I should. Back up to the the point of making this rather distinct transition in my life, walking away from the business world in 1990, uh, and and seeking to understand myself better as a way to go, you know, back out into the world and and create. I I had done everything that was right in my mind, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. So my pursuit was understanding well what will make me happy. And of course, the more I found out about my own self, and the more I could love and embrace myself, the the happier I naturally became. I also recognized, you know, back then and even now, that there is a very tiny amount of overall dialogue, information, and resources on true self-awareness, true self-acceptance, you know, the recognition of universal life um, understandings that really should be, you know, innate in every teaching of every grand reality anywhere and and they're really just not there we have conditioned ourselves through trauma drama fear through externalization and we keep perpetuating that dialogue in our cultures everywhere so for me it was like it, it, the ultimate goal really for example what became the, the love foundation it certainly has been my message in my activity for, they said, 25 years, is that if we could simply bring unconditional love into the dialogue, it, it's not for me to define, it's not for me to even say this is what it is, bringing it to the dialogue and the mass uh, awareness, then each person can find out how it defines itself in their personal life. And then from there, we can begin to you know, condition ourselves with the recognition of love rather than the recognition of non-love, which is usually then acted out as, you know, disconnection, shame, guilt, fear, embarrassment, uh, worry, you know, all the things that, that we do, um, the, the, the choice is really always there. We, we can either live, you know, disconnected or live connected. When we're connected with love, everything resolves itself and starts to move in the right direction. And my goal is really just to bring that to the awareness of people and then let each person uh, carry it from there.
0: I mean, uh, I think one of the things that... Um I've certainly have noticed is that permission? Especially if you have an older age group, uh, permission to love yourself because we were brought up that everything was servitude and sacrifice, um, and it's getting out of that mindset and that it, um, it there is the approval to love yourself uh, and place importance upon yourself, which is very different to self-importance. Uh, the importance on yourself is looking after you, honoring this vessel, you know, feeding it right, exercising it, loving it, taking care of it, taking care of your emotions, taking care of um, um, your entire well-being and that if you don't invest in yourself you can't contribute to mankind you can't truly love uh, somebody else or what you're doing in life because you're not in that state of love and I think people find it hard to to say okay I'm going to love myself because there's still that little bit of a barrier of am I placing too much importance on myself am I being too egotistical But if they don't place that importance upon themselves and embrace that love of self and who they are, what they can contribute to society, what they stand for, they really become more of a drain on society rather than a contributor to society.
1: Exactly. And and it it perpetuates the dialogue of lack, Mm -hmm. limitation, and fear. And this is why... uh, there are occasionally you know com- comments where people say, "Well, you know they because they are coming from a point of understanding love is still external, they will see this uh, presentation that we share that love is really within this and that what we have within and what we nurture within is you know the garden that we grow and thrive, and they will often look at us from a uh, standpoint that says, "Well, that's not our system, you can't love yourself you know again they, they're all the, the platitudes and all the reasons and justifications of why not." Yeah. And yet, when you more fully understand the whole meaning and understanding of love itself within ourselves, then it becomes obvious and even objectively understood that we need to have a, a sense of love for ourselves, or we will forever keep pushing our own buttons and everybody else's buttons. Yeah. We will forever be reactionary to the world around us. we we'll afraid of life. In fact, that's one thing that I've noticed more than anything. For example, like when I went to school, and that wasn't that long ago, it was very safe. I mean, I can remember in third grade walking to school, you know, many blocks. And, you know, in, in this day and age, especially in American-centric, I will qualify as American-centric and Western-centric is, is I think, even more heightened with the, the disparity, the polarity of it. But I mean, where I've gone virtually no child walks to school, no child rides the bike to school anymore. In fact, the schools have been created as compounds and everything is driven in and driven out. And I just wonder, like, how does that instilling that that fear? I mean, certainly everyone is is right in taking appropriate precautions, but if they're understood as intuitive wisdom Mm. precautions, that makes sense. But if they're simply just following the herd mentality... And simply buying into the fear, then we keep creating generation after generation of greater and greater, ex, you know, exploration of fear. And and for us, you know, on this planet, that's not what it was designed for. Yes. That's not really who we are. And we have to come back to the true recognition of our own personal sovereign power and our own choices, and that we do attract things in our lives based on what we have within. Again, if we have fear, uh, on as our as our total inner being, then we're going to attract experiences of fear where if we have love that circle of life will bring more love back to us let's simply
0: take um, an animal I mean you know people have become sheeple and, you know, the, the moment you kind of, the CNN effect, I call it, there's a tiny little moan hill. By the time they finished it, it's a volcanic eruption. Um, <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and everybody is in terror and fear. And it's nowhere mm. near them. It's got nothing to do with them. But that fear has been stirred up in them. And it's like sheep going, you know, running in all directions. And that's a form of control. That's how the government controls you um, and certain religions and, and societies. And we really have to take some ownership of ourselves, our own decision-making, Our own reactions. Um, You look at an animal. When you are afraid of that animal, that animal immediately is going to have its hackles up. What are you afraid of? What's there to be afraid of here? I'm smelling fear. It's on guard. But when you approach an animal with love and trust and invitational, you'll see that animal come to you with just adoring love. And this is why we can see. You know, animals that never should be put together that would more likely kill each other, but you know are are making friends of each other because there is that mutual respect of love, and that is the common basis. It's that vibration for which they're they're resonating on. They're not seeing the differences. They're not seeing that they're meant to be enemies. They're just resonating on a vibrational love, and they know that love serves them both. And we need to get out of ourselves and out of our judgment and out of our dictatorship of what love should be. And we've got to stop looking at color, sex, creed, religion, race, everything, and start really resonating each other on a far more vibrational level of love, respect, and consideration and care.
1: And it has to start with us. All those components have to be a recognition within ourselves, love and respect ourselves, accept ourselves, you know, forgive, you know, the everything. Forgive the past mistakes, our mistakes, the perceptions. I mean, the child who has a particular experience, you know, in life, for whatever reason that may traumatize them the rest of their life, well, there does come a point in which we can simply forgive and let go. In fact, if you factor in this that this is the particular moment of where we are fully alive, this is the moment where we can take a deep breath, We can feel that breath in our body we can feel our emotions we can know our mind we can connect with spirit you can't do that when we're thinking about the past in our memories or worrying about the future in our imagination Mm -hmm. it has to be in the full presence of the moment which means this is the moment where I can choose to be fully alive and fully in love which means any preceding moment that led to this point simply brought me to this point, and I can forgive and release all of it, because it need not be a part of my emotional reactionary response. In other words, it doesn't matter how traumatic, and And this is a case where, you know, over the years of giving presentations, you know, the, the most difficult, the most extreme examples, rape, war, murder, you know, those are the ones that people often will cite, and, and I have my own personal experience of giving one of my very first workshops with my mother in attendance. At the end of the workshop, she announced to the entire group that she'd been raped in her teenage years. And what I saw as a result of that particular experience was in that moment, everything in my life made sense because I'd never heard this. She'd never mentioned it. Right. She had been having a variety of cancer that was never being um, cured. It was just being taken, uh, kind of taken into a neutral place, but it was not actually being cured. And she'd had this for several years. And within a few months of this announcement, I was able to work with her and my partner was able to work with her. She actually did some role playing. She actually forgave things that she'd been harboring for 40 years. And within just a few months after that, she was in total remission of her cancer. So I I became very aware being involved, for example, in areas where people have terminal illnesses, that when, when they took, for example, the the doctor saying you've got six months to live and they believe the doctor they're found in six months mm-hmm. if they took the doctor's response and said you know I want to live, I want to find out more, they generally lived for several years and then the ones that really went in and said I want to heal this on a core level, I want to heal whatever this is, I want to forgive and let go and I want to you know enjoy whatever moments I have upon the planet someone like my mother is now 95, 2005 30 years later yes. still alive and still doing quite well um,
0: so yeah, I i, I, I recognize mean, the mind body. A hundred percent. I mean, I've done numerous shows on this plus for my 40 years of, of spiritual counseling, most certainly come across this. My mum just died uh, at 95 and the sadness was, is that she still died in embitterment and, and, uh, regret. And, um, and non-forgiveness and it's like it's such a waste of life um, and uh-huh. it's so sad to see that and I've done so many shows on people with you know cancer or tumors or this or that and they realized um, you know I call it the hatchet in the head some people's redirect can be a kiss on the brow and they realize that, you know they for you you realize it was the wrong path for you take this information and seek your path you didn't need any hatchet in your head a lot of people have to get the hatchet in the head be it cancer you know some sort of other crisis that happens to them that really shakes them up and that you're living the wrong life and when they embrace the journey and where they're meant to go you and let go of the things that have happened to them um you know without fear without judgment just let it go didn't serve me this is where I'm meant to be going embrace the journey every single one of these people are living a healthy life um, and, you know, 20, 30 years on, no cancer, no tumors, no this, no that, because they're honoring themselves now, and they're truly living in their authenticity. Cancer, very, very much, it's, it's a two-card two thing. It's, a lot of it is environment and the foods and chemicals, etc. That can be brought about by the cancer. But it is such an emotional disease. And when they give you that sentence, it's like a death sentence. And they, they nurture the disease, they mm-hmm. don't nurture the source of that disease. And if you look to where that source is and get rid of that, the disease itself will heal.
1: Right, and, and that getting to that source whether we can always recognize it or not is that to recognize that the love is within us. And whatever, mm-hmm. as I kind of metaphorically say, it's like you know we have a, a, a spark or a, a, actually really a blazing ball of light in, in the center of our being that's really our consciousness, that's who we are. We are love. And yet over millennia, over our own lifetimes, over the days and weeks and months of our, our journey, we end up taking upon all these different experiences and our reactions to those experiences. We start heaping coats and blankets over this ball of light. Yeah. The ball of light still burning brightly. It's just that we've placed you know, levels of protection and judgment and layers of all kinds of different little subtleties and when we start to peel that off, the closer we get, the brighter everything begins to glow. And when we peel off those base layers, then there we are again. Yeah. A pure essence, and that pure essence is going to bring about healing and health. It is at least going to bring about right-minded thinking, right-use thinking. Um, if our journey is to conclude itself anyway, we can go out, as you're referencing your mother, be able to go out peacefully mm-hmm. With resolve of all the things that we may have endured in this particular lifetime, and certainly and in, in, we've never seen such an expansion of activity and light and energy and forms and materialism as the past hundred years, and yeah. we've gone through you know major wars, and then we've gone through a long period now of really no substantial wars. I mean, isolated battles, yes, difficult as they are. But we really, as a, as a planetary culture, have you know moved beyond war to some degree. And now we're kind of placing it almost down to our person-to-person levels and and hand-to-hand combat battles. Mm -hmm. And really the, the idea is that the only good I have found for myself that I can be for myself and anyone around me is to restore the love and the healing within myself. And then from that point, I can simply be an example of that love and then others can choose of their own free will as to whether or not they would like to expand the love in their life. And it, it's a unique journey for absolutely everyone. And that's why I don't wish to define it with a specific set of steps or anything, because, yeah. you know, my journey was unique and everyone else's. Now, we can all be guides. We can all be remembrances. And if anything, my hope is that, you know, we're sounding the trumpet that love is already here. It is not something to seek outside ourselves. And that the exploration of love within, and and in a way, you, you made a good point that, that I don't always share, and yet it's one that I think is an important one to, to share with audiences, is that you don't have to the hatchet the head. My life was, of my own making, difficult, traumatic, and dramatic, but I can't say that it was because I had horrific parents or, you know, everything right. went against me. In fact, I actually lived a quite uh, normal and, and easy life in many ways, and yet my depths of personal despair were as real to me as somebody that was perhaps verbally, mentally, emotionally abused, you know, on a daily basis. Those weren't my experiences. And yet my my own depths of despair were every bit as, as profound for me. And I think I love sharing the message that, you know, as you said, don't wait for the hatchet yeah. to your head. Begin to take this upon oneself. If you're not, if you're doing everything right and you're not happy, that's a real good indicator to change something about the way we're approaching life and that, we can in fact, you know, go ahead and start to take the opportunity to embrace love in our own personal lives right here and right now and begin to do the healing and really in many ways dissolve, transform, transmute potentials that perhaps may be existing down the road for ourselves because we're actually consciously choosing it now. We don't have to wait for it to get so desperately bad that we get the wake up call. And I, you know, I'm grateful for every moment that I had my own inner wake-up call when I did because the exploration of life became a grand adventure. And prior to that, it was just for more or less a monotonous routine and habit. You know, there was no joy in it. And for me, every moment now becomes a joy of who do I get to meet, who do I get to interact with, how can I enjoy the nature around me. I mean, I take pleasure in the simplest of things in every given day. And before it was just get up, go to work, be unhappy, come yeah. home, be unhappy, digress, you know, and start all over again the next day. And there's something really wrong with that picture, uh, you know. That, well, yeah, that you're, we it's a robotic
0: it. life, and, you know, that's right. not what we're here for. I mean, you know, you look at the, you know, the, the, there's also this division, of um, humanity, you know, the body, and spirituality. And, you know, this whole thing about spirituality is, is supposed to be separate. No, we are conscious beings having a human existence. And with our conscious and spirituality embracing in our body, um, we actually understand the gifts of what this body gives us. We have the ability to touch to see, to taste, to feel, to hug. And this extends that consciousness so much more into an understanding of what we have and what we can do with it. And you know how much a hug can do. You know, you can be down in the dumps, you could be feeling really miserable and somebody puts their arms around you and gives you a hug. And that beautiful gesture of love is so utterly healing. Now, you can give conscience love and it's very beautiful, but that physical love, with the conscious being behind it is something that's so embracing and so and you know simple acts of kindness a, a smile, a touch of a hand, a pat on the back um you know awareness of each other it's so healing isn't it
1: and and that's really what loves how it permeates our yeah. lives i mean these are the things that come naturally these aren't you know i I, I appreciate like for example the the whole um paradigm of random acts of kindness. And I, I think it's a wonderful step in the right direction, and yet for me, kindness isn't random, it's mm-hmm. who I am. It's an, yeah. an every-moment experience, and when love is our vision of life, and that's how we perceive life, and that's what we look through, the the eyes of love, and the heart of love, and the touch of love, and the hearing of love, then that is our natural experience, and everything comes easily from that state and our reactions to things that are non-love dissolve quicker and our ability to hug you know one of the the parts of that equation of giving hugs are an amazing gift and yet i have found many people have a very difficult time receiving a hug so <laughs> you actually not actually allow themselves to be be hugged and touched and and yet crave it. I mean, I think that's one of the, the biggest ironies is that these things that we collectively on this planet crave the most is this innate love that is simply all around us. And yeah. again, if we don't if we don't release the condition, if we don't release the tradition, if we don't release the belief systems, if we don't release, you know, this is the way we've done it for umpteen generations, and so by God, we're just going to keep on doing yeah, it. Some it doesn't work, we but we're going to keep on it, yeah. Yeah, somewhere you have to break through, and and I I kind of look at you know the, the transition of my life was about halfway mark of my life in years in this particular journey, and it is stunning because the the first half of my life really was a very dull, monotonous routine, and the second half has been just an ever a uh, never ending um, open opportunity for potentials. I mean, it yeah. is, that, that and that. Is I still put in, I mean, I'm sure I put in more hours, for example, than I ever did in the old routine. And yet when joy is present, when love is present, time just no longer is a factor where there's no sense of time. And so the the joy of sharing the love that's within just simply permeates. Whether I'm doing paperwork for the foundation, the joy of loving is still there. And then I can say that in the first part of my life in business years, I doubt seriously I had a lot of joy in doing the paperwork. Well, Um, there's a
0: difference between doing a chore and doing what you love. I mean, there's a lot of things of running a radio station that is, you know, administrative and paperwork and and it can be a little droll. Um, And it's not my most favorite thing. But knowing what it leads to, and what, what, it, you know, what it is actually creating and what it is the basis of is that, you know, I absolutely truly love what I'm doing. I love interviewing people like you who embrace your diva. You know, children are born divas. They're born with the ability to dream, inspire, visualize and aspire to something. You watch a kid who has a dream and they're inspired by so much around them and they visualize themselves going into outer space and they're going to aspire to make that happen even if it's a cardboard box and a tin hat Um, we lose that and people like you have embraced it you've embraced your diva you're living that and you're keeping the dream alive you're inspiring other people to see the dream you're sharing the vision and you're helping them aspire to finding it for themselves we've really got to embrace that so much more I love what I'm doing because finally I'm on my right path. Took me a while to get here. I had to wait for the synchronicity of life to get me to that point where I could do this. But it is so utterly wonderful to see how many people in the world, like yourself, who have dedicated their lives with the love and the joy and the authentic uh, approach to everything that you're doing because it's truly your calling, it's truly your purpose, it's truly your passion. There are so many people out there looking to heal the planet and each other rather than to damn it. And we just need to put more energy around those people.
1: And recognize, you know, that the individuals like you and myself took opportunities, uh, that calling, you know, we answered the call inside and we've embarked on on perhaps radically different pathways than we were on initially. Oh, yeah. And... I can also say that, you know, if there's a mother in the audience and, you know, her joy is being a mother, bringing love into that experience, uh, life doesn't have to have a radical change Mm -hmm. to have a radical infusion of love. So if someone is going to work and say they enjoy their work for the most part, if they bring love into the equation, they will enjoy it even more because they're understanding it's like it opens up a whole new world around them. So it's not that everyone has to jump off on on a... you know, incredibly different pathway that that perhaps we chose is that we can begin to do this as simply as when we're in the grocery store in line, when we're at the post office in line, you know, we're driving down the highway. I mean, these are things that can be expressed now and they will make enormous difference around the world. And, And, you know, I think people so absolutely both underestimate and don't recognize just what an impact they have.
0: Uh, that and you live you uh, everywhere i mean i I was um, a stay at home mum uh, for the most part you know I had a couple of little career things in there, but mostly, I was a stay at home mum, and I consider that a wonderful gift. I was there for my children when they came home from school um, they always brought friends home there was always afternoon tea uh, dinner there was always this extra table you know setting for somebody to, uh, to come and join us um, i I had volunteered at the school I got to do all of that, which was A gift to me and a gift to my children because they had their mother. I know not everybody has that and it's it's unfortunate. But, you know, a lot of times people look at people who stay at home to raise their children as being a cop-out. It is one of the most important jobs you'll ever have in raising your children. Because you're there as a custodian. You're there to guide them. You're there to love and nurture them and celebrate them. And the more we do that, the more they believe in themselves and the more they learn to love themselves and love their choices and love their life. And they, it starts with us. And we really need to embrace that. And if, they, if we know we love ourselves, those children will learn to love themselves as well.
1: And if we nurture our innate potential... We naturally nurture the potential around, and not only will we nurture and inspire and encourage, you know, the children around us who might very well be the ones that bring through the resolve of of diseases, or they may bring through, you know, new government ideas or judicial systems or new new products that benefit all mankind. I mean, so often people fail to realize that a thought can kill as much as a weapon can kill, because if you've killed the inspiration of someone that was destined to bring through something that could have actually benefited all mankind, I mean, that is not only that life that's being affected, it's everyone's lives that are being affected. So we have to really recognize ourselves and understand our own innate natures in order to cultivate ourselves and then those around us. And if we keep having our own issues come up over and over again, and if we keep coming from despair, anguish, fear, guilt, shame, embarrassment, we're going to shame others, we're going to embarrass others, we're going to imbue our worry on others, we're going to create things that are really not necessarily true for the other person, but they will take it on as conditioning because we have been going for the last couple of millennia with a pulpit mentality, you know, that there are certain people that dictate what's right for us and that no longer serves it no longer the, the connections of ourselves to ourselves is prominent and this isn't a, a selfish narcissistic thing in fact I doubt seriously uh, a lot of people would want to take on say my journey and and you know for 25 years get up every day and create my world without any sense of you know what's going to happen next and where's my security and where's my safety and where's my whatever uh, you know that is takes a certain amount of of courage. Well, living with love takes a certain amount of courage, because as you said very eloquently early on, it's very easy to give away in fear. It's very Mm -hmm. easy to just do it all and give away our power constantly. And yet when we embrace our power, it's not that we get on a soapbox and start telling the world how to act. It's quite the opposite. We start integrating ourselves with society, with our cultures, with our communities, with our families, and we start to bring an awareness of potential, an awareness of personal empowerment, we start to encourage others around us to follow their bliss, to find their own joy, to find their, their goals. And it doesn't matter what age they are. I mean, if they're 95 and they start having awakening, then they have shifted it on behalf of all the 95-year-olds yeah. and all the 2-year-olds. I mean, the, the, the impact we have is global. So any small action of kindness here will resonate and reverberate and be felt around the world. We keep adding to the pot of positive under energy yeah. and understanding. A smile here might be carried you know, to a cab, maybe carried to an airplane, maybe carried to a, the other side of the world. And that smile might land on a villager, who at that moment that they see that smile, they're inspired yeah. to undertake something they've never undertaken. And so, you know, the, a lot of these things sound cliche, they sound esoteric, they sound grand, fantastical, imaginary, isn't that? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Well, that's one of the common statements well that would be wonderful if well we will never get to wonderful if
0: we in If we, in we if. constantly stand in the if yeah exactly because <laughs> yes. if becomes an extent uh, an, an excuse doesn't it yeah you know i like the old nike thing just do it and you know you may not do it perfectly the first time round, but by taking action and learning as you go and then adapting and adjusting and recreating um you're keeping that energy you're inviting that energy you are infusing you know that energy into other people um and it just keeps building and building and building and uh, the the perfection will come and it will always be constantly evolving um and we've just we can't wait until the, the everything is right you know i i was in an unhappy marriage and I was waiting for my last child to leave home and my son came in one day and he said this is bull I'm not tolerating this anymore you're living a lonely life um that's it it's come to an end you're going to honor yourself and your own life and I and I and it took my son to say that to me to turn it around and my children to say we love you too much to see you like this and we're we're okay we're going to be together and it's we've got to remember sometimes that while we're playing these roles, you know, of mother or parent or boss or this or that, that sometimes the answers we seek are within the people around us and that, you know, listen to it wherever it comes from because it can be something as profound as that that just shifts our whole perspective and places that permission to love ourselves.
1: Exactly. And, then, and in that sense, you know, we have... We have often relied on those around us, but if we come from an unempowered space, then we will seek the resonance that keeps us unempowered, Mm -hmm. which is very different. And again, you know, so many of the things that we're speaking of in this particular conversation, they are things that you've come to understand, I've come to understand, many others have come to understand. For someone that is just embarking on this and saying, you know, I want to understand, one does need to go through their own personal experiences until they gain the trust and confidence in themselves. Because one of the things I became very aware early on is that with duality, polarity upon the planet, anyone that wants to take anything that I share, and of course I, I say take anything that resonates and cast out anything that doesn't. If it resonates, great. If it doesn't, that's fine. But there are certainly individuals out there, if they want to prove me right, they will. And if they want to prove me wrong, they will so there's simply no battle to be to ensue because if an individual is genuinely true to themselves and they choose to explore life to the depths of their being that journey will give them every opportunity for personal confidence and trust in their own following their heart and intuition and anyone that wants to continue to justify their position in an unempowered life, the same thing will happen. Everything will be there to justify and perfect. And in fact, you know, as we all kind of you know, inner inner cosmic joke for all of us is you can't prove love. I mean, it's yeah. it's not something is provable. Yes, and yet it's completely <laughs> felt. It's completely known. And so for us, we don't need the tangible proof of love to have tangible experiences of love. Well, any individual that wants to embark and really understand and Look at love from a much more universal way, uh, a much larger picture, and much more of an unconditional way of looking at it, and move beyond the old systems of, you know, physiological love, or relationship love, or romantic love, or cast off, you know, verb identifiers of love. You know, if they want to move, really move into a a deeper understanding, there's more than enough resources in everyday experiences. We don't even have to get it out of a book. Just be present in each moment. And you'll have the evidence that is more than suffice. You know, any question in your mind, is love really here? Yes, it is.
0: And the thing is, I'm afraid you're going to have to participate in your own life. Um, there is no downloadable app. There is no instant Anything. Um, It does require you to invest in yourself, to work on yourself, to start changing your thought patterns. Stop speaking to what isn't and start inviting to what you want to be. See life as possibilities. Don't look at well, never happened to me or that's, you know, no one's going to love me or, you know, that's not going to happen. When you do that, you're feeding that energy to the universe. When you look at it, yes, I am deserving of love. I am inviting of love. I wish to love myself. Um, Show me what there is. Is to love within me. You're now inviting that entire energy to you know show you what it is within you but you've got to act on it you have to participate in it if you know you're doing things that are destructive if you're around people that are on, constantly negative if you're living in a job that you hate and is soul destroying you've got to be prepared to make those changes you've got to be prepared to take the journey and just do it one step at a time nobody says you have to take the leap if you're not a leaper You'll be surprised of how quickly those steps gather if you're willing to put one foot in front of the other
1: and really become an observer while participating mm-hmm. in your life, and that observer is that aspect of us that can see the bigger picture in fact, you know in those moments where I get finely tuned in my participation and I tend to you know identify with a minuscule aspect, I will catch myself and I'll move back into the big picture, the big, big, big picture. And then everything makes sense in the big picture. Like when we, one of the most beautiful images we've created finally upon this planet in the last few decades is the image of the earth. You know, we've been able to move far enough beyond the earth where we can see the earth as the earth in space. And that visual simply, when you look at it, there are no walls, there are no borders, there are no country Divisions. And it's only when we're in the minuscule minutiae of our, our daily experience that we tend to think of all the things that define everything. And the more you can move out of definition yeah. while still participating, it does make the journey much more easy. If you simply try to solve everything on the level that you're living it at, you never will. But if you can step back and observe the bigger picture and see things intertwining, interflowing and if connecting and being interdependent, then those pieces will help you find the optimal solution for whatever the next thing is for you to act upon. And you do, do need to be a participant and be an observer. And absolutely, you know, to your point, I think you know one of the biggest things is that people are really afraid of personal power yes. and afraid of actually taking on the aspect of being their lives rather than allowing their lives to be dictated from others well it's very easy to
0: exactly the word responsible because when something goes wrong in your life it's so easy then to point the finger at everybody else instead of yourself um, if abuse is done to you that is the onus on the person that is abusing you but if you're allowing that abuse to happen to you and you're not fighting back you're not standing up and you're not saying no more um, that abuse will continue Um, it is hard to come out of abuse I know um, but you you have to if you want to survive otherwise you've given up you're dead and there's so many people that are are what I call the walking dead they're living dead Um, they don't participate in their lives they abstain from any decision making they allow everything to happen to them and they they don't fight back they don't do anything and it's the soul and the spirit is completely gone from those people and they most certainly do need the help um, to chisel away at that just to get them into participating in their life a flame and a spark back in their lives. Um, But before we get to that stage we've got to be willing to take responsibility first and foremost of your thoughts because your thoughts will dictate your actions.
1: That is actually the cornerstone of where I started, and it's actually the cornerstone of my first book because that was something that was never shown to me in life until I started to uncover it for myself, is that if I pay attention to my thoughts and then eventually go into a deeper level of, of understanding our feelings because they're really simultaneous, that simply being aware of thoughts, being an observer of my thoughts, now gave me something that I never knew I had prior to this, this going back a few years when I had the realization. But if I have... And I'm aware of my thoughts. I have choice over those thoughts. I can choose different thoughts. Mm. And that was not a fundamental understanding that was ever gifted to me by any teacher anywhere. And yet it was transformational for me because it meant that I was no longer having to look outside myself to any other place. I had something that I could do that anybody can do anywhere on the planet is pay attention to your own thoughts and pay attention to the feelings you have with those thoughts because from that point – you have a choice, and now you're no longer subjective to the world around you. You can change the way you look at life, and from there, the world will rearrange itself back to you. And that was you know, transformational on every level. And it's something that you, we can no longer blame external conditions for our existence because our thoughts and feelings are in some way or another participating with the experience that we're having, and we have the ability to choose differently. Yeah, And that is fundamental in any person on the planet.
0: Yeah, don't so be so reactionary, right? You know, um, right. We, we become such reactionary people without thinking of what our reaction really means, you know, that knee jerk. Uh, and we really need to kind of think before we react. Take a breath, as I say. Take three breaths, because those three deep breaths will have you um, assimilate the information and truly look at what it is there before you react to it. So we, I think we really need to kind of slow down, take a breath um, before you react. What are your thoughts about this? And also, don't just think from your head. Think from your heart, your soul and your spirit because they're a part of your equation. They make up your being. And if you're only thinking in your head, you're never getting the the whole information. What does your heart say about this? You know, what does your spirit want to do about this? What is your soul intellect telling you? Because when you take on all of that information, you now actually understand the situation a lot better and how to react to it.
1: And there are always possibilities. You know, most people focus the majority of the time on the problems. Yeah. And so long as we're focused on the problems, there's no solution that can come in. When we let go and take those deep breaths, when we go and and do something else for a a moment or two, that's often when the solution will come in. And again, to your point, when we're not always looking for the logical, rational reaction, sometimes our heart has the most perfect solution for us, but it doesn't follow the mind, and yet if we follow the heart, as I did many years ago, it, it put me on a pathway that I never would have ever said that you know I'd be writing books, doing TV, and and running a foundation that's got a global influence. Uh, those were not even possibilities. And yet by following the heart, this whole new pathway has unfolded, and giving me opportunities far beyond anything I could have ever dreamed of.
0: Exactly, because you allowed, you listened to the soul intellect, you allowed your heart to resonate with it, your spirit went into action in trusting that feeling, and then your mind knew what it needed to know at the time it needed to know it. I call that the knowingness, and when you're in that knowingness, you don't need to validate, um, verify, you don't need to um, analyze, you just simply know what you need to know at the time you need to know it, and you know it to be true, because everything about you is in sync, and it's a wonderful place to be if we allowed ourselves to get there.
1: I, I will admit, though, that at that particular moment, that rather life-transformational experience, I did put up a pretty good fight. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I, I had a good resistance to it, and yet there was a moment, and I, I can even remember you know, having journaled and worked my way through it and putting everything down uh, in this great resistance, and then waking up the next morning, and it was crystal clear. And yeah. it, in that crystal clarity, I would say that there was... Uh, some part of me had simply surrendered to yes. This is actually what makes sense. This is what answers all the boxes, ticks all the questions. You know, this is where where I'm supposed to be, and it felt totally naturally right. And you know, the day before my my logical side um, was in total opposition. So when we give ourselves those times, even if we do put up a good fight, if we simply allow for the possibilities, yes, just simply allow <laughs> allow that a possibility or a different potential exists, that will often give us more than enough, you know, evidence of the right step to take and then, you know, simply allow ourselves to take that new journey.
0: Well, you know, I have a little motto saying that I've had for years and it's positive thinking equals positive living. And it's a very simple statement, but, you know, it is very true. When we allow our thoughts to look to the possibilities, to look to the positivity rather than the obstacles or the challenges or the negativities. Um, We actually do start living a better life because we're living in those possibilities. We're making those possibilities happen. And we're not feeding what can't happen. We're feeding what can happen. Um, And it's, it's only something that through journeying in it that truly you get to learn to understand.
1: And if we're, if we're feeling that we're unempowered on some level, say if, you know, somebody chooses to watch a lot of news or or takes in a lot of information, things around the world, simply always remember that we can make a difference right where we are. In other words, you know, there might be things going on in distant lands or maybe even across town and we have the ability to be a different person right where we are. So those, those acts of kindness have their ripple effects. Those acts of personal kindness and those that we extend to others have the direct effects. And we are changing the world by giving living examples of what it's like to be in the right form of understanding of love, in that as we do this more and more, it becomes more and more of the resonance, and the other energies will become so intolerable that they'll simply go away of their own accord. So we might not be able to fix everything in the world, you know, from our mindset, what we're observing, and yet we can make Dramatic and radical and loving changes right where we are.
0: And I will go a step further. You know, quick little story of my mum who's just passed at ninety five and she was bedbound for six years and her last you know, few weeks and months have, have been pretty horrific but she was still afraid to die her whole body was you know breaking down but her mind was still there and the closer and closer she got to it it was the fear that was holding her back and I knew her time had come and I sent out a prayer vigil on Facebook to you know my colleagues and friends and saying you know that she, she, she needs help she needs the angel help and her, her crossing over over 70 people responded not with a like but with a saying blessings and angels to her prayers with her that etc and within 24 hours she passed but the way she passed was so beautiful it was a horrible rainy day there in England but apparently the sun came out shone down right onto her bed reflected up into the ceiling and my mother just opened her hands and opened her eyes looked up into the light and passed and I truly do believe that it's that collective energy from those well wishes sending out that vibration all within that 24-hour period just allow the, uh, the angels just to be able to go through that barrier of her fear and take her. And I think we mustn't underestimate that power of loving vibration. And when you do see something horrific happen in, in another part of the world, send them loving vibrations. And you... You know, the more of us that do that, the more of us that send out that resonance of that love. The more we're actually being able to feed that situation if we can't do it physically ourselves.
1: Right, and then in that, you know, we can only do that when we dissolve the fear within ourselves. Yes, and we come from genuine love, unconditional love, and simply appreciate, respect all the things that are happening are results of people's lack of love, and that the more we can infuse and instill the recognition of love, the more people will become self-correcting in their own world because they'll wake up to their own understanding as as each of us have woken up and said, okay, there has to be a different pathway. And then we've done things that simply align with a more universal understanding of love and express that and certainly have plenty of experiences of how that keeps going out in ripples in every direction.
0: Exactly. Well, I'm going to just um, label off here the books that you've written um, because we, you've got more than one yeah. book here to feature. So uh, one book is Internal Power, The Seven Doorways to Seven uh, Self-Discovery. Second book is Unconditional Love, An Unlimited Way of Being. Uh, third book is Unconditional Love Is, Appreciating Aspects of Life. Uh, fourth book is Inspiring Unconditional Love, Reflections from the Heart. Um, fifth book is inspiring unconditional love too. more reflections from the heart and unconditional love a guidance to personal freedom so you've certainly documented your journey here and giving people the tools that they need in order to be able to embrace this journey and people learn from other people sharing
1: indeed and it's been my great pleasure to share everything that that i write and do and the, the presentations that i give They come from my personal experience. There's not anything that I share that I haven't done myself or were willing to do myself. I would never ask of anyone else to do if I've not actually done it for myself. And my real goal has been to make it practical and pragmatic and easy for people to understand so that they can apply it to their own personal journey wherever they are in whatever they're experiencing. Uh, You know, these are just the the reflections, the guidelines, or, or guidance, I should say, of the opportunities, and then each person will be able to explore more of themselves as a result, and you know, make the whole world better for all of us. That's exactly, the beauty of this.
0: Well, we see we see our stories and other people's stories, and in those reflections, we, um, you know, your ability to triumph in, in acknowledging the possibilities and then sharing your how gives other people the tools to be able to apply to their own lives and that's really what it's about. Would you also tell people now what is um, next for the Living Orchard? Have you got anything planned? There's Love Day. Um, but uh, tell us quickly what's, uh, what's in store for the Living Orchard and also how people, the Love Orchard, and also how people can um, get hold of you and how they can be a part of this. Sure.
1: Well, the Love Foundation's main program for the last 12 years has been Global Love Day each May 1st, which is our presentation of a celebration of our humanity. It really is the recognition of all of us being part of one human family and that together we can respect the diversity and really learn and grow from each other. So it really, is we, we realized that there was no one singular um, holiday or celebration for the entire planetary humanity. They're all variations of of calendar years and and examples of of religious things, but not one that actually just simply recognizes the unity in humanity. So that will be coming up on May 1st, and there's lots of ways for people to participate, either just individually or in groups. Uh, We have, as of today's count, 460 proclamations from governors, mayors, and councils over the 12 years. We already have a dozen new ones, and we just sent out the invitations for this year. Um, along with that, we still have a month to go for our Artists and Poetry Invitational, which we do in conjunction with Global Love Day. But beyond that, through the Love Foundation, we have 10 different programs that are totally, um, I can't call them intertwined and, and mirrors of each other, because obviously, as you read the title of the book, there's a theme going on here. Yes. <laughs> love does seem to show up in just about everything <laughs> we do.
0: Love it does uh, make the world go round.
1: <laughs> we do have some fun, different types of programs. Uh, all all nations love, which is really, you know, every nation has a heart. The individuals of every nation have a heart. That's clear. You know, I understand this. I get to work with people over 150 countries on a regular basis. So, you know, the individuals of the planet really do have a big heart. You know, they're all striving for peace and harmony and joy and goodwill. And that if we put more prominence in that and actually speak that more to a dialogue and recognize those The things we do right in the world will bring about more brightness in the world, and those can be played out um, and shared on a local level like Kenya Loves or Vancouver Loves or, you know, America Loves is one that we're actually developing more uh, because we have our home in in America, our our headquarters. But, again, basically all of our programs are designed. We have a film documentary project of working where anyone can participate and put a a video together about what love means to them and then share it with us. And those will be brought together over time. And then we'll create a documentary out of all of that. Um, you know, just wonderful, beautiful, fun ways to play with love and interconnect and meet other people. We have Facebook pages and Google plus pages and LinkedIn groups and uh, Twitter. You know, there are lots of ways we put out daily uh, inspirational quotes. We have an app for the Android platform, uh, you know, just we've, we've just really kind of put it out there in social ways so that people can co-create a new world with love and find loving beings that can nurture and, and reflect the love potential that is going on. Um, the lovefoundation.com, our main website, is really the best resource. From there you can launch in every direction. Uh, we have explanations of all the things we do, plus we have all the links to all the other sites and sources, resources. Uh, We also have a big YouTube channel, uh, the Love Foundation Nonprofit Channel. We have 250 videos on that right now. Uh, So we do provide lots and lots of resources, um, all available 24-7 around the world for free. And it's our great joy to be able to share the vision of love. And we certainly enjoy all those that share the vision of love with us.
0: And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, folks, that you can't live without love. We've seen evidence of this. Um, Hate does not serve. It serves absolutely nobody and uh, you know love is something that we need within us We then we understand how we need to give it and share it and and expand it and uh, you know don't be afraid to love yourself don't be afraid to love life so many people are afraid to love when you decide to cross over into love uh, and let go of the fear you'll wonder why it took you so long and that it's a beautiful state of being and you just see life in a totally different way and you just don't buy into the fear and the hate and um And, you know, you're no longer a sheeple. You're a person in your own right living in your own life, taking responsibility for your own decisions because you truly embrace who you are um, and what you have to contribute and the love of self and the love of life. So please do not be afraid because love truly is the answer. It's very simple. Um, It could be a journey to get there to a point where you can truly, utterly say, I love myself and my life. But take the journey, because it's really a wonderful experience. Um, All of the Facebooks, LinkedIn, um, Twitters, Googles, YouTube, everything is actually on the posting. So you can find everything there as well. And it's called the Love Foundation. Um, Harold's books are on the site as well. I really recommend that you pick a couple up and start your journey. Um, And also, it's a volunteer basis, the Foundation Foundation too, isn't it?
1: Yes, our whole organization is volunteer-oriented and, and based, and everything you see is, is the accumulation of individuals from around the world that have been participating with us. Now, actually, this in a few days, our 15th year of being a nonprofit, so we're thrilled to be here all these years.
0: Well, happy anniversary and accomplishment on 15 years of gathering so many people around the world. And we know love begets love and that energy just, you know, is a, a hand around the world. And the more that we do that, the more that we really, Natalie, can change so much. So give love a chance, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs)
0: Well, I thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us today and uh, keeping the love going, starting the Love Foundation, honoring your journey and uh, sharing it with everybody so that, you know, they too can take that step into giving love a chance and uh, understanding its impact and how empowering it is and really what we're here for. So thank you for that.
1: An honor and a pleasure to be with you, a wonderful host, and also to be able to share some of these little insights and ideas with your audience. So thank you.
0: Oh, thank you very much. So folks, truly and utterly give love a chance. Um, you know, when you let go of the hate and you let go of the fear and you let love in, you truly understand what life is all about. That age question, you know, what are we here for? We're here to love one another. And when we do, we really and utterly... Uh, can create and make things happen that are extraordinary. But it all starts with love, self-love. When you learn to love yourself, you'll learn to love life and everything in it. Until next time, be kind to yourself.